Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. to the Luis Scola episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 56. My name is Logan Wortman, and as usual, I'm joined by my vindicated co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Luis Scola episode? Feels pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm pumped for those that are living under several rocks, because it could it has to be more than just one. Uh, <laughs> Damian Lillard got traded, and if you uh, take a peep at the episode that we recorded like a week ago, six, seven days ago. Anyway, the central episode was posted this morning. I brought up a certain mystery team in the East known as the Milwaukee Bucks to get mm-hmm. Damian Lillard. And lo and behold, today that happened. Yep. It, it absolutely did. Just a few hours ago, actually. Um, earlier this afternoon, I think. Or was it in the morning? It was the afternoon for sure. I feel like... Afternoon. I hadn't thought about lunch yet, or I'd, I'd thought about lunch and then realized, nah. <laughs> I bet it was like one, one of one twelve central is when Woj dropped the bomb. Let's give this a gander. <laughs> I it sounds like I feel like one something is probably a pretty good guess. One twelve is mine. Over or under that, you think? Um, I'd say if anything, under before. Before that, okay. How can I check the specific time on it? Mr. Wojnarowski. It, oh, it doesn't show you on Twitter. I gotta find it. I'm sure in the one twenty-two. Ah. Well. Um, oh, just kidding. That was him posting a graphic. The 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 breaking tweet. One sixteen. One sixteen. Okay. So still on the over. Yeah. But yeah. Regardless, though, looking at. I guess it's episode 56. This is uh, another draft selection episode. Not a good 56 jersey number I could find anywhere in the annals of basketball reference. I think there was only three players all time and five total seasons. Oh, so so like really, really the bottom of the barrel scraping. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't even, I don't even remember the, who there's one guy that has three of the seasons. And I don't even remember who, like, what that name was. But one of the names I remember was Sheldon Williams from Duke. Oh, He cool. wore it in 2012 on the Boston Celtics. Wow. So, uh, but, NFL, because yeah. I've started saying an NFL guy at 56. Probably Lawrence a lot of linebackers, Taylor. right? Lawrence yeah, a lot Taylor. of linebackers. Greatest linebacker, edge rusher of all time probably, uh, Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. What number is Levante David in the NFL? 54. Oh, no. I was thinking either me. 54 or 54. Uh, I, I might be mixing up because he wore four at Nebraska. Yes, he did, didn't he? He is fifty four. Okay, yeah, fifty four. It is fifty four. Okay, which is like it, a stacked linebacker number. Yeah, you mentioned that on episode fifty four. Brian Urlacher and Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi. Like, there's no. There's a ton of fifty four, fifty five. Honestly, fifty six is pretty. The like fifties as a whole are just kind of juice for mm-hmm. linebackers. Yeah. Once you get into the upper fifties, like fifty eight, fifty nine, there's not as many, but that's when you mm-hmm. get worn to like the the lineman side. Yeah, and I think if we, because obviously draft picks will only get us to sixty unless we go really far back uh, to when draft was longer. But at, once we get to sixty, I think it'll probably turn into maybe some, still some jersey numbers here and there if people have worn them. And then uh, the other thing I thought of is like game highs, like people's career highs and scoring. Oh yeah. Uh, so Kobe will be 81, Wilt will be 100, Michael Jordan yeah. is 69. 
Yeah, 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 I like that actually. That's cool. So hopefully we will we'll be able to get a name for every episode. But this this episode's name was Louis Scola, which one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's yeah, I don't know if it's a nickname, but go ahead. I've heard continue. it before because yeah. the second you said it, well, you did it first. Uh, I was like serotonin injected when you started doing like the it's kind of the, it's like the recola but you say louis yeah. scola mm-hmm. yeah honestly if i was like uh what are those people called like the announcers on at games that just say like they yell into the mic after a basket is made you know for the arena sound i don't know if you know what i'm talking about at all mm-hmm. but like if I was that, if I had that job, that's the sound I would make after every time Louis Scola scored a basket or something like that. Like with Tyler here, you played Bonnie Tyler's hit song. I need a hero. Yeah. Every time thing. he hit a three. Yeah. Just no, oh no, or just the front to like back. his intro. Just like you get like a trap remix of the dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and then like <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That's the <laughs> intro piano for "I Need a Hero" by Bonnie Tyler. If people didn't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Also so, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler immediately reacted to Dame News saying, yo, NBA, y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> That's it funny. was also Jimmy Butler, like in a very, like, not like legit thing. I'm sure yeah. he's bummed, but mm-hmm. if yeah, there no, was he... any tampering, it was uh, the entire world knowing he was going to the heat. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's tampering because it's a trade, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I think, well, I think it still would be. Uh, oh, we actually yeah. also. Continue. Damien, okay, we, we also, we've been, whenever we jump into it, we, there was like, I didn't realize that Dame immediately tweeted. Like within oh, okay. like an hour. So we have I, like his, yeah. I guess bring that up then. What does that oh, say? Oh, we can just jump into it then, yeah. Well, um, I mean, does that, is that like weird to bring up before I kind of break down the details of the trade? Oh, no, probably not. It probably fits. Okay, then go um, for so it. So like there's people like reacting all over on like, what's going on with this but dame who is one of my favorite demeanors in the nba during the central episode i think i said he's my favorite player not true my favorite player is and will always be um i was gonna try and think of somebody so random like so deep cut it wouldn't even make sense uh, but i couldn't so anyway um but dame's tweet about an hour after the trade went was the cat or was announced. The casuals won't be addressed, but the trailblazers fans in the city of Portland that I true, that I love truly will be, and they will be addressed truthfully. Stay tuned. And then said excited for my next chapter exclamation point at bucks ticket emoji. Mm -hmm. That's like the reminds me a lot of the Kevin Durant uh, picture the my next chapter do you remember that <laughs> when he went to the warriors uh so yeah i do actually because I, <laughs> I there was like a world where i thought that he actually almost might have been a celtic like i thought there was a real chance yeah so mm-hmm. seeing this stupid black and white image of like a senior photo of kevin durant leaning against <laughs> a, it's like he's like against a bush isn't he yeah, i think he's like, like he's like what like my I picture in my head, I might be totally wrong, but I see like the, you know, the beginning of Gladiator where he's walking through the, the field of, of like wheat oh, and he's, he's brushing his hand against the wheat. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I remember him like leaning against, oh, he's crossing his hands in between two like fern bushes. For, okay. And then yeah. is so this not, the, not the, uh, Maximus from, uh, Gladiator. No, not the quite the, the same wheat. vibe. Yeah, I'm trying to find the original image because all I I've found one with every single NBA logo except for the Warriors. So I'm trying <laughs> trying to oh. find the original one. Yeah, did it have the logo on there? I do. Happened? I think it did. Okay. Yeah. You see, now there's one where it's Jay Crowder's face. There's so many of many these. memes. Yeah, I believe it. Very memeable moment. But yeah, so I guess without further ado, I'll kind of break down what we got going here, why we're recording an episode right now, because we weren't planning on doing this until this happened today. So for those that remember my adjective that I used for our co-host here, Jacob Roth, today was vindicated. um, And that was because something major has happened in regards to the topic that every NBA fan and podcast like us, we've been doing it too, has been talking about this whole summer now and really has been a talking point the past like four years at this point, I feel like, but that is Damian Lillard leaving the city of Portland 
leaving behind the Trailblazers franchise that he put on his back for the better part of the past decade at this point. I would argue almost our entire like genuine real NBA watching lives. Like, for the Damian, most part. For like there's there was, a couple there, years at the beginning. beginning where with him and uh Lamarcus and I also remember when Dame was drafted too. So for me at least. Dame is yeah. like I started watching right around when Dame was like just starting to be like the guy. It's is like when 20, I really started watching. 15 range probably. 20 Yeah, no, before 15. I don't even know. I think 2014-15 was the playoff series where he hit the When did he get drafted? 2012. So, so 2013 was I started was his watching year. when he was a rookie, I guess. Hmm. Because I remember the 2012 Celtics. Yeah, cuz he is, was a multiple year in college guy at Weber yeah. State. But um yeah, so I guess as a part of a three-team deal, I don't know if you mentioned that yet, but there's a, it was a three-team deal. Uh, he's being shipped as we speak to an Eastern Conference contender, uh, who we've already mentioned, but it's not the Eastern Conference contender that he's been asking for the past several months. For those that don't know, uh, the Miami Heat was the only team on Damian Lillard's uh, list of desired destinations from this trade request. And so the team that he's actually going to is a team that I feel like it's fair to say has had a bit of a rivalry brewing with the Miami Heat over the past several seasons. Um, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks, the home of the 2017 most improved player. <laughs> I thought it would be funny to list that as, as his first his first accolade. But two-time league MVP, one-time defensive player of the year, 2021. Oh, the executor of, uh, oh, what's that uh, Cavs player, or Bulls player, that he just like speared as like a second-year player. Um Oh, uh, uh, Mike Dunleavy? Mike Dunleavy. He just like, because <laughs> Mike Dunleavy slapped Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, something him, happened. And then Giannis just like, he like, Dunleavy takes the three, and then Giannis just like removes him from the television screen. Yeah, yeah. Very it was the early most football, Giannis. basketball play I have ever seen. Yeah. That's, that's Man, he's his had crowning a few moments achievement. Like that with or him and James Harden have beef. Yeah. Is it James Harden? Yeah. Him and James Harden. But him and Mo Wagner had butted each other. And yeah, he nailed James Harden in the head. He beamed him in the head with a ball. That, I don't think that was on purpose, but uh, that was like a pass in the flow of the offense. But it just nailed James Harden right in the in the face. But yeah, so to continue with, with his accolades, though, uh, he's a one-time defensive player of the year, 2021 world champion. I emphasize the world there. Um, and finals MVP. The man with a pretty convincing claim as the player of the decade so far in the 2020s, honestly. Yeah. It's either him or, or Jokic. But yeah, for sure. And um, also, he's Dame's fellow top 75 NBA players of all time, both on that list. And that is the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so, obviously, one does not simply trade for Damian Lillard and not give up anything of value. Um <laughs> So what they did the give almost up. almost did. They really tried. I mean, Tyler Hero has value. He is, but not like the same, I don't think. Yeah. This is a better deal for Portland. And I think that's why they didn't even give Miami a call back. They heard the deal from the Bucks, allegedly, and were like, sounds good. Thumbs up and <laughs> didn't even give Miami a chance to rebuttal. Yeah, that kind of surprises me. Honestly, it did me a little bit also more on the fact that I feel like Portland would want to like, I feel like they told Dame they had to have that. Wait, what told him what? That like, Hey, uh, you're not Miami's going to Miami. not giving us anything else. Oh yeah. We're going to sure. send you to a good team. You're still going to Milwaukee. You're yeah. not going to a pit of despair. Like not, yeah. are you okay with it? But gave him a heads up. I'm sure they had conversations about what he was, he was comfortable with. I'm sure he changed his mind on the list of teams and like privately he, made a, a, yeah, a longer list. I think after, after the league's warning that they issued to Damon, his agent for speaking so publicly about making a list of teams and things like that, about how you can't, you can't do that. And they were going to reprimand them if they were to continue. I'm sure that's probably why they didn't keep a publicly updated list <laughs> out there for everybody to to know and see. So yeah, that was probably done behind closed doors. But yeah, so I guess what they did give up though was their second best player from last season, Drew Holiday, one of the best defensive guards of all time also. But he is he is getting up there in years. He's aging. He's like 34 now, I want to say. And as well as they also gave up uh, Ted Cruz lookalike, 
Grayson Allen. <laughs> and uh, their unprotected first round pick in 2029 and pick swaps in both 2028 and 2030 with Portland. So it's a, I mean, it's not a insane, it's obviously worth it. I think this is definitely a worth it deal for the Bucks for sure. They're the winners of this trade, even though they're giving, I mean, and the thing is they didn't have to give up that much draft capital. Which I mean, they don't have a lot of draft capital. To Three with. picks, I think. No, it's two, only, only one, one pick truly gone, and the rest of yeah. them are swaps. With yeah, depending on swaps. how the future goes, maybe that's good for them. Probably won't. Probably be. won't be. I mean, it could be, but like at the same time, Portland's probably not going to be like insane in twenty twenty eight. You know. Yeah. Well, is isn't it the pick swaps where it's only if like Portland would get the better piece? Yeah, Portland gets the the better the best of pick. Who, whoever has the higher pick. Portland okay. gets that one. Milwaukee gets the other one. Okay. So no matter what, Milwaukee, they're both getting a pick. So they yeah. they only lost one first round draft selection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. Um, and I think it's because um, the thing that out of this whole trade that like, sorry, you should probably finish like before we start breaking down like. The Suns were also part of this and yeah. got scary okay. better. Yeah, but I'll, we should. I'll put yeah. that in here as well. So we have the aforementioned third team, uh, which was the Phoenix Suns. So they finally got to ship off their disgruntled yet talented young center and DeAndre Ayton, and fully also as well as doing that, they are fu- fully solidifying a rivalry with the Denver Nuggets by acquiring Yus- Yusuf Nurkic <laughs> as their center. So the trade details in full are as follows. We have the Bucks receive Damian Lillard. Uh, I think that's it. Portland that's received, all the Bucks got, from what I know. Mm-hmm. Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Tumani Kamara, Kamara, who I've never heard of, but is a European player from the Suns. And then three picks. Yeah, they got they get an unprotected first for into 2029 from the Bucks as well as those swaps in 2028 20, and 2030. And then the Suns receive Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Nasir Little and Keon Johnson from Portland and then they get Grayson Allen from Milwaukee. So, I guess where do you want to start? Where where do you think makes the most sense to give our reactions to how we feel like each team so came away? Obviously the headline was like Dame's going to Milwaukee. But then the second I looked at the trade itself, I was like, the Suns are spooky. They got rid of the guy that didn't want to be there and like built a bench. They just said, okay, we'll be the third team. Build us a bench for our crazy starting lineup. And like, they just got it. Like, because some of these guys were just like in Portland tucked away, like Nazir Little's a good basketball player. Yeah. I, I think like he's not like insane, but like in terms of like, oh, this is a guy that'll come in and play 12 minutes, 15 minutes oh, yeah. a game. You can definitely do that. I mean, he's an improvement on what they were doing with Josh Kogi. You know, he's a better yes. version of that. So it's and it's and it's just a, uh, the potential of like, oh, the one thing that I really felt like Phoenix had nothing on was like an experienced unit of guys that run on the second unit. Like they just got a bunch of guys that were like kind of around (laughs) Mm -hmm. that like got along with their big guys for lack of a better way to put it. But I feel like when they got everything, I just feel, I don't think they won the trade because they didn't get Damian Lillard. Like the bucks with what they gave up, I think won the trade. I mean, if they're not favorites in the East, that's delusional. They need to be the favorites in the East rather aggressively. Uh, And the only thing that would like change that is if, and we'll talk about Drew Holiday also. There's so many things to boil down in this mm-hmm. one. But, like, what did you think when you saw what the Suns got? I felt like the, this made the Suns a lot better. Like, as from a Nuggets fan perspective, you probably still felt comfortable top. Did this, like, shake the fact that the Suns are probably, like, even closer than they already were? Because they were working their way closer with all the, obviously, if you pick up that many, like, much firepower, you're going to be a better team. Yeah. I honestly... My initial reaction to it, I'm trying to see like the world that they're like it's a vast improvement, but I, I'm not saying it, that they they got worse necessarily, but I feel like it's probably a lateral move ish because I mean it's definitely a downgrade from eight to Nurkic. Yes, and for and sure. then they're adding 
I mean, they add a little bit of depth, but like none of the guys that they added outside of, I mean, all of the guys that they've added, like none of them are, there's like solid, like are uh, without question, their fourth best player, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, they're like Eric Gordon, you could argue is better than anything that they got. I mean, it's just more rotation pieces, which is good. I'm not saying that it's not a positive. I just think it thinks the volume. They have a bunch of guys that could be a part of an NBA lineup or NBA rotation. Yeah. As a, before that, you had guys that were like on the fringe of even being part of a lot of teams' rotations because they were so top heavy. Yeah, I think that they've yeah they've kind of they've just like improved losing- those pieces that ha- they were having to cycle through in the playoffs to see which guy sticks in the rotation. They have better versions of those players now. And and I guess I just feel like if you if you were going to run into in since he's gone and it seemed like they were going to run into some sort of issue with DeAndre Ayton to flip I, him. Who knows? I don't know why. I mean, they must have known something. I'm not I'm not going to disparage the the Suns for like I don't know. Maybe DeAndre was just like even though there's a new coaching regime in here, a new owner, all the people that wronged me in the past are are out the door. Or maybe point. he felt like his teammates that were there didn't like stand up for him or didn't have his back enough with that older like whatever it was. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seemed like they were almost to an impasse. Yeah. Yeah. I if, I had some hope about it when because I heard apparently Frank Vogel his first day there with the Suns, the first thing he did was go to DeAndre Ayton and tell him, like, hey, things aren't the same. This isn't I'm not gonna be it's not the same as it was with Monty Williams, like like uh this is a new relationship. Let's start this over, basically. Which I thought was a good sign, but I guess Turns out they they were still thinking about shopping him, or maybe he was still adamant about wanting to be gone. Either one, so not sure which which side of that was the case. But um, I do think that Yusuf Nurkic is at this point a very overrated <laughs> basketball player. Um, he's just, I mean, he's he's really big, and that's about it. <laughs> like no. I- I Go think ahead. one of the biggest issues also that the like the one thing that I did realize was like this makes the Suns way worse at dealing with what they have to beat. Like losing Aiton makes you objectively worse against the Bucks. It makes you objectively worse against the Sixers if the that nuggets. somehow happens in the East. It makes you objectively worse against the Nuggets. And if AD is on a rampage, it makes you objectively worse against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So, like, these, like, big dogs at the top that you're, like, going to have to, like, face when it comes to crunch time being these seven-game series with, Aiden was, like, in, in terms of a one guy to, like, deal with all of those issues, there wasn't really a better guy than Aiden out there. Like for what you were paying, like they weren't paying him insane, but they were paying him good money, but not like break the bank, restructure your entire team around him. They did that with all their other players. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing where I was like, okay, I just feel like, and I've said it already, but the, the way that the depth has like become like just bumped up a little bit. I feel like for this Phoenix team, that could be a lot. That could mean a lot having a, a, a smaller drop off from this, like, virtually an all-star team as your starting five to like doo-doo mm-hmm. coming off the, and none of the guys that were on their bench were doo-doo. They're all just guys that took way less money or were doing a prove it type of deal or an Eric Gordon. I'm not really sure why Eric Gordon did it other than to be like a part of the, the, the thing. Um, unless Eric Gordon's buddies with people, I don't know who he's buddies with, which would makes be fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It just was – that was the most interesting part of the offseason for the Suns for me. But focusing on the trade, I feel like they got better from it. Maybe it's not as big of a jump as I initially thought because I didn't really take into the negative side when I was really thinking about it until now of like they're just worst against the best teams in basketball because yeah. of the trade. And most teams, especially defensively. It's just Yusuf Nurkic cannot def- – I mean, you put him in the pick and roll – like Aiton is really good at defending the pick and roll. That he's very underrated at And that is well. what is running amok across the NBA. That is uh, that is the play every team runs about. And it's like, going to be running amok even worse in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure. If mm-hmm. if Jokic and Murray were going to be tested on what's a better pick and roll duo, it might have just been built in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um 
and it would I mean it took a lot. It took two like one at least top three guy in the NBA and a fringe top ten guy to yeah. do it. Um mm-hmm. but we'll see if I mean Dame's never really had a lob threat roller before, but we'll see. I just if, feel like he can. And yeah, maybe that's just can. giving too much credit to Dame, mm-hmm. but I just feel like he can. Like it, I don't think it'll take him too long to figure out like wait i just throw it up like within five foot of this guy's hand and he'll just get it somehow yeah see that's that's <laughs> something i never really thought about until whatever season that whatever when was mike conley's first year on the jazz it's probably like four years ago now five years ago yeah but his first year on the jazz mike conley had a really bad first year there like really bad slump and the whole narrative around it was like all the people with the jazz at the time were saying it, this what was like the main reason for it was his chemistry with Gobert in the pick and roll, because all those years in uh, in Memphis, he had Marcus Gasol as a roller mm-hmm. and Zebo at times too. But both those guys are short roll guys, so like they they catch the ball around the free throw line, and a lot of times they'll either play make to the dunker spots, or you know use a post move basically to score type of thing. Gobert is like he is a downhill running towards the rim jumps in the air, you know, lob to throw it in. I never really thought that that would cause that much difficulty, but if it caused a whole season of like struggling from like what I think is a very, very high IQ, smart, heady point guard in Mike Conley, I could definitely see it taking some time to get used to for somebody like Damian Lillard, who is not, I mean, he's not a bad playmaker by any means. I'd say he's actually a pretty good playmaker, but that's not as far as his strengths, it's not like one of the main top ones, you know. It's a little probably like fourth or fifth on the list, something like that. So we'll see how that works out. But obviously the scoring threat of Damon in the pick and roll with Giannis will be enough to cause some mayhem uh, for defenses trying to guard that. And it does scare me from an Eastern Conference like uh, rival, not rival, but, you know, somebody to challenge us in the final series. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. scares me from that standpoint, but I am glad that it, I don't think the Suns took a huge leap up or anybody anybody in the Western Conference really benefited from this unless somebody does, which we'll talk about here in a second, um, if another team in the Western Conference does cash in on the aftermath of this move, what it lines up. But so, yeah, I didn't love it for the Suns, for the Bucks, huge win. This is a massive W. I think it is a massive W that could have a slithering little snaky snake of this goes terribly with Drew Holiday being gone. Mm. Like if, there's, I don't think it's likely, but I think there's a chance. What would go terribly? That just like, like not having Drew, maybe he was more important of a glue guy uh, than I intended. Mm. I have a child that's going menace mode on me. Hold on. So I'll just kind of reset my Drew. The Drew Holiday thing, I feel like, the defense that he provided and kind mm-hmm. of like, what if he was more important to the glue than we thought? And if Chris Middleton is still like yeah. struggling, like I think, and people are going to say, well, he's just a solo. This should make them the favorites in the East by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it shouldn't. I think I opened the episode saying something to those lines. Like, yeah. I th- like you're just playing devil's advocate. I just want, like, is there a chance where, like, losing Drew is a big, big deal? If there is a, yeah, negative possibility, that would be it. That, that would be it, for sure. And because Dame is not this defensive, like, fortress of, like, oh, lock no, it not, down. He's a liability on the defensive end. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I just don't know. Like, we've seen teams in the past try to go. Granted, no other team had Giannis to try to do this, yeah, a bunch the, of the offense. Bucks, the Bucks are a a defensive powerhouse, even without Drew, they're still going to be a very good defensive team. They're going to be, and it'll just, in playoffs, when is the defense intricacies really like start to show? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be, I think this is good. This is good for basketball. I think it's good for Giannis, like stumbling his way into the Mount Rushmore of like basketball legends. Uh, yeah. Having like, Bucks like, fans, not, I'm sure, are ecstatic, and right they now. should be. Like this is this is not just uh, because they got Dame, but this bumps from, the watchability score aggressively. <laughs> yes, we need to revisit that. Not watchability score, but like the our predictions for them. Yeah, um, but no, Bucks fans are ecstatic not just because they got Dame, but because getting Dame also probably means that Giannis, his future with with the Bucks is much more safe. Yeah, it's much more. Because uh, I think certain, 
Yeah, well, because he came out with that quote that was like, I just want to go where I can make memories and win championships wherever I can go to do that. And you're like, New York's down the road. They're like, you take Julius Randle. Down down the road as in halfway across the nation. (laughs) Halfway. It's a third of the way. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, I mean, We'll pull the map and we'll do miles. Whatever it is. They're just (laughs) down the road in the east. Go take the Erie Canal and you'll be there. Uh, I know that's more... Uh, Erie Michigan, Canal but... is that go through the Great Lakes? Yeah, or, I'm okay. Sure. It's Lakes. like a way that they used to like barge freight. Like, do they go? Oh, Detroit, so they maybe. go from the lakes to the Atlantic, or it is goes it... to New York at least? Oh, it does. Okay, makes sense. But I guess oh, it just goes Erie from Canal the Hudson River goes. to Lake Erie. Okay, which is a pretty uh, nice like V cut or a uh, it, it as just the crow cuts flies straight across New York. Yeah. Uh. Right into Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> looking at a map, didn't realize how close Buffalo and Toronto were. Oh, yeah. They're like I, I, So the Buffalo Bills maybe? are officially Canada's team. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely are. Um, Buffalo is, I mean, part of Buffalo, I think, like the urban area is, is across the border in Canada. Oh, yeah. Fort Erie is across the border. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that Buffalo was on the border. It was more like it's just like a – you could th- – like a, like a, a crow's – like a – Skip a rock across over to Toronto. Over to yeah. Toronto. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting back to this point, Milwaukee and uh, New York aren't that close. You're right. I knew that. But anyway, <laughs> New York was a team that I thought would be like, they'd throw money at him. And if you just take Julius Randle and be like, sorry, and then put Giannis there, they're terrifying. They're mm-hmm. just this menace of just terrifying and giving Tibbs a Giannis. That would be. Yeah. Uh, just, just the NBA should run and hide, and Giannis playing forty minutes a game, yeah. and loving it, and he'd just mm-hmm. be like, "Yeah," <laughs> uh, but that's not going to happen now, of in all likelihood, because Dame has a lot of years left. Uh, maybe not at being the level that Dame is at now, but they're paying him for a while, so like that would because Giannis has got one more year, like he's got this year and then a player option, I think. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. Get, I feel like this trade solidified. They get him to buy in on the player option at the minimum. Yeah. Like at the, at the bare minimum, oh, yeah, he's going to no. pick. It definitely it, extends their window for sure. Because yeah, the window for the bucks was never because of Giannis running out of time. It was the, the aging rest of the cast. Yeah. And to correct ourselves, he, so he has this year, next year uh, is fully guaranteed. The year after that, so 2026 season is player option. Okay, so we, he has like two seasons he has to play mm-hmm. and then the player. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're just one year off. I feel better about that than mm-hmm. um, previous. But anyway, I don't know. I think that obviously this is a good thing, but I just think that Drew Holiday would be the only way where it ends up like this could be bad. Mm-hmm. Like this, this could end up the same exact way that I think the Celtics move because obviously got to bring up the Celtics. What I do, uh, losing Marcus Smart could like look better in the regular season, but postseason it hurts because you don't have that like just gritty point guard guy that plays good defense. Drew mm-hmm. Holiday is not Marcus Smart, but they some of the things they do are similar. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like I, I mean, just that gritty can kind of switch to anybody because they've got the – Drew Hodges is usually bigger but uh, than Marcus Smart is, but, like, they both can hold their own against bigger bodies if they needed to. Yeah. You just lose that defensive switchability, which is, like, a huge part of NBA defenses now. So uh, – Yeah, I know. One of the, one of the most perfect, compar- like, player-to-player comparisons you can probably make is Marcus Smart to Drew Holiday. Like, obviously, um, if you deep dive into it, there's definitely differences, but like... But offensively is where you find the differences. It's not really on the defensive side of the ball. They both are just kind of all-timers on the defensive side. So mm-hmm. what what was the thing that you thought, like, was there any downsides? Was it just the Drew Holiday or was there any, like, Honestly, other pieces? Do you feel like the Grayson Allen grit is going to be missed? No, not really. <laughs> not not when you have Damian Lillard, I guess, is the, the big thing. I didn't really see any negatives for the bucks in this the only ones i questioned a little bit was the suns and the blazers because the blazers if if they can move drew if they can now since they got drew flip him to gain more assets that's where i would see the appeal of making this deal didn't mean to rhyme there but 
because you know the heat deal that we've all been talking about making fun of saying is not enough i feel like that's pretty comparable to the the deal that they got especially if drew's not moved for something like pretty substantial in terms of like at least like one more first round pick yeah and a young player maybe something like that if they don't get that then i'd say this is definitely worse than what they could have had with tyler hero a handful of other young players Hamie Hawkes, uh, Nikola Jovic, and then of all the picks that he has, you know, like that's just, that's, I, I get that. It's probably not. I feel like that was overplayed a little bit as like a terrible return. It's, it's not ideal for the Blazers. The Blazers, you would I think, think it, would probably wait for more. But I this, think it's the thing is that Dame was like, well, that's where I'm going. Make it work. And then like the heat were like the best we can do is you have your thing. That's worth a dollar. We have 86 cents. Yeah. And we can physically not give you more than 86 cents. Or mm-hmm. Pat Riley's like, I'm not going to give you more than that. Sorry. Uh, and I feel like if they do get a – and I think the only team that Drew Holiday – the type of team, and I don't know if I have a team specifically. I know that you thought about it more than I did. But, like, the – it would have to be a team that's willing to overpay a little bit because Drew Holiday was like, I'm done after this contract. Mm -hmm. So it has to be a team that's like, we're going to take these two years left of Drew Holiday and we're going to go genuinely compete for two finals. Like that's like, that's the only world that you give up what the Blazers probably want, whether that's like a first and a really good asset or a first and a, a bazillion seconds to kind of be the glue for deals in the future, whatever way they do it. Yeah. So like, what are the, some of the places that you thought about for Drew Holiday? Well, so the first one that came to mind, which was brought up by our friend Anthony in our text chain, he brought up his team, the Sixers, and this would be a homecoming, obviously. That's where Drew Holiday started his career. But I feel like, obviously, with the James Harden situation, their deals are nearly identical. Uh, Drew's making a tiny bit more, but those would swap one-to-one. But obviously, Portland probably doesn't want to take James Harden in return when they're just when they're giving up. You know, It's like a, another lateral move. Yeah. Um, in terms of what they what is the prior what's the priority for them, which is getting younger and getting assets and getting bad, letting mm-hmm. their guys that are young play to get good eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, and, everyone listening, uh, quick plug: Sam Presti is the goat. I didn't listen to that video yet, but we I want to do a full TikTok breakdown of Sam Presti giving a basketball theory. GM Theory 101 class. It's a five-minute-long clip. I, I, It's so good. It is juice. Anyway, sorry. I thought of that. You can cut that out if you want. That yeah, was so good. We can, the Presti clip. I'll probably listen to it and maybe – yeah, we'll we'll talk, we'll talk. revisit it next episode. I'll, I'll, I'll make a note. But um, we haven't done the th- – yeah, we did. We did do the Thunder already for predictions. But as we were talking about – Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, we were talking James about – James Harden. Um, yeah, James Harden, the – Trailblazers want young assets and picks so their assets that they have promise like that have promise can play and like be bad but like learn and get better and then go from there as opposed to like getting a James Harden just be like I'm gonna be me and keep shooting and take away from potential opportunities for their younger assets that just need to grow that have a lot of promise um, that they just drafted or have drafted in previous past years. Yeah, or are picking up in, in deals. Yeah, so I think obviously a third team would probably be needed to be included in that deal to make it work with the Sixers and the Blazers. So I uh, went on the trade machine on ESPN. Um, I have that tab closed now for some reason. But I made I mocked up a trade where I sent Drew Holiday back to Philly I sent James Harden to his desired location, which is Los Angeles, to the Clippers. And then I sent from the Clippers, there was, I had Norman Powell, because he makes 18 mil a year. We need to get to the magic number of about the mid-30s. So Norman Powell makes 18. Uh, Terrence Mann is a nice young piece. He makes 10.6. Then there's Amir Coffey, another young player, makes 3.7. Then Bones Highland the fourth young player makes 2.3. So that gets us to about 35 mil and that would make the salaries match. So obviously there's probably some more like that won't be the final rosters entering the year because four players are leaving the Clippers and they're only getting one. 
but I think that everybody will probably come away happy in a deal like that because, and obviously I didn't mention, but picks will be included in some way from, from Philly, Mm -hmm. from Philly, probably from both maybe. Yeah. Maybe from both probably maybe like a, yeah. One first rounder from the Clippers and one first rounder from the, the Sixers both going to Portland and maybe actually maybe one. So I don't know if, I don't know if Philly gets a first rounder that might work too. Maybe Philly gets the the uh, Lake or the Clippers first rounder, and Portland gets the the uh, Sixers one. Wow, I could if not. Any think of words. GM will will milk James Harden for value. It is the man in power in Philadelphia. Yeah, picks uh, aren't really what the Sixers need, but it's still it's. Daryl Morey will get it just because he can. Yeah, or he'll mm-hmm. try to at the bare minimum. Uh, yeah. and this could be something that we don't see happen. Like you'd like to think it would happen before the season. But with the way that Daryl Morey does things, it could be like a, we'll just say. Yeah, I could see we'll Daryl Morey see. saying that this is Let's isn't just make enough. him hurt and have to deal with Drew Holiday just sitting there in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's even if they want him. Like, because who's ever going to get Drew Holiday if the Portland Trailblazers are going to get the value they probably want? It has to be a team that Drew Holiday makes them an instant, like, contender or favorite which i think that he does for the it sixers would for the sixers yeah and then there's the other thing James is like harden is a zero for them right now mm-hmm. at least we assume uh then then you get into the whole thing of maury knows that he's bidding against himself kind of in a way so then does he just be like i'll give you a second rounder yeah <laughs> and yeah and i'm they'll have to make the money work obviously so they can't do straight up that but mm-hmm. um that no i think that that's the the three teams that made the most sense and players end up the happiest not that gms always care about that but i think that sets up a lot of like interest and then like does Kawhi like that happening does Kawhi go crazy and be like ha ha i want out or something <laughs> i don't know i just yeah. I, like i don't think so but uh this is dominoing like we all kind of thought or knew it would that like whatever happened would send ripples mm-hmm. not maybe in players moving ripples like it actually is going to end up doing, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I th- But do you think that the trailblazers feel good if they get one more first? Oh yeah. That would be good. One more first. And I'd say like one player Young that piece. is below 25 or 26, some, you know, around at least around the age. Like of if they get like a bones Highland and a pick. Yeah. I think that would be, I mean, it's, it's like. You always lose when you give up the biggest piece. Always. 99% yeah. of the time, if you're the one that gives is like that has the biggest dog in but the how fight. Much is, yeah, I don't know how much Drew Holiday is really worth right now. It's like, well, and like they you probably said, don't want Bones Highland either. I was just thinking about like all the guys they have out of all the group, like people they'd want, oh, but he's not Bones a guy Highland. that's like he's not a guy that they're paying a lot of money that they need, you know, that has like a guaranteed role. You know what I mean? He's just kind of yeah. like if he works just out, just a piece. Out. Yeah, like Tyler Hero is a little bit. Like, you know, you're, you need to commit a little bit more to Tyler hero because of the contract that he's on and what he is expecting from a, a role standpoint when he comes into a team versus bringing on bones Highland, which I guess bones Highland might also expect a similar role, but that that's where that comparison ends. Um, they're not making close to the same type of money, not looked at as the same value league wide. Um, as we saw the, how, the Nuggets gave Bones Highland up for two second round picks at the deadline. So that was it. No salary, no other player, just two second round picks, um, which I'm still a little upset about, but I will get over it. And so, yeah, I, I, that's why I feel like the Sixers are the team that that would happen with. I don't I honestly looking at every other team in the NBA, just like scrolling through. I don't, not another team jumps out to me as a team. Celtics fans were like, Oh, I'd rather have no. 32-year-old Drew Holiday and Malcolm Brogdon. That's exactly the team that I was going to bring up next was the Celtics because that's <laughs> the closest team that I can see to. And and the other thing is nobody listens to Brad Stevens at all, apparently, on Celtics social media because I was like, if Brad knew this was happening, he would not have traded for KP. Okay? Listen Wait, to why? Brad Stevens do one interview because everybody – I love Marcus Smart, but everybody thinks that you can like put Marcus Smart on Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard just gets like turned off like a faucet. 
but that's like not how basketball works. They have Derek White. Derek White is no, like probably. I know. I think I, from I, here I, on out, Derek White is like at <laughs> least the same level of defender as Marcus Smart. At this I point. know, but like that's why I don't usually bring up Celtics Reddit takes because yeah. they're really bad. Like they're really really bad, um, and they're almost more funny. Like they're comedic relief for me. Because like <laughs> if I I trust Brad uh, Brad Stevens to like cook, mm-hmm. like he. He's cooked just fine. The pot of gumbo he's swirling up, it's fine by me. It's, uh, I mean, it hurts. Like a, a guy that like you've been a fan of for forever is gone. Yeah, yeah, it makes you want to cry. But when Banner 18's in the rafters, I don't care. Yeah, and like, he probably got off of him right at right before the perfect time. Yeah, unless mm-hmm. we have a Tony Allen where he goes to Memphis and, and has this has career the second half of his career there and yeah. just turns into this animal. Yeah. Um, and then comes back and just like laughs at us once a year. <laughs> I hope that I will cry and be sad, but I hope that happens for Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to have a second hurrah. But anyway, yeah. um, but like uh, Celtics was a team. And then I also heard like another team that like, they're like heat question mark. I thought about that too. Like to get like get Kyle Lowry for your money piece to be the third team. Mm hmm. To try to make things, that, but that they just don't have to cascades the the Portland thing where they're like they're they're cashing in, they're they're like flipping at somebody for another guy they need to flip again with yeah. Kyle Lowry. Um, so maybe no, I don't think I'm just saying like other teams that got thrown out there that like more so people can hear you be like no this doesn't work because with this team for other you know what I mean oh yeah mm-hmm. like other contending teams the Knicks they don't need Drew Holiday. With what they have, Drew Holiday's not like, oh yeah, this will fix all the problems we've had. No, um, but I mean, he would improve it, but I don't see a massive. Drew like, Holiday's need. still a good enough player that he improves just about a lot every, of teams. Like, yeah. He helps a lot of teams. It's just if it's worth the price tag that Portland's probably going to have, knowing to get like the haul they wanted for Dame. Um, mm-hmm. and that'll just be a thing to remember. And honestly, maybe all it'll take is two teams being genuinely interested to get for Portland to get what they want, because then they're not just like, this is what we want. This team won't pay it. We have to meet them in the middle. It'll be like mm-hmm. two teams bidding each other out, uh, which could be who knows what teams are. But I think that the Philly one makes the most sense. Uh, I think the Philly one also is the one that makes the biggest leap for the team that gets drew. I, like, I think, Oh yeah. Philly, for sure. Yeah. they like you add drew to Miami or Boston. They like get better, but they don't get like, the it's same jump that Philly makes. Those other teams have to give up something that is contributing to them right now. And is content. The pieces are probably, unless it's Malcolm Brogdon, but apparently the Celtics and Malcolm Brogdon have figured it out. But Malcolm Brogdon is not enough <laughs> to be Drew Holiday. Uh, that's not how that works, unfortunately. No, not enough to be Drew Holiday. Like you would like have straight to up, add you mean? a lot yeah. more. Probably I mean, uh, a pick money. or two would probably be enough, honestly. A pick or two and then the money to match. Yeah, I, you would need a little bit more money. Because you need 10 more, 10 million more, I think. Yeah, ish, probably like 12. But I mean, once you, I think once you get to the 32 range, because he makes 36.9, I think, Drew does. So it depends on the team, obviously, because of how how close they are to the cap. But um, And that's the other thing that makes this even more like, okay, if they can't move him, they can't just buy out Drew Holiday. Because he can't go sign for a good team then because of the new CBA rules. Like in terms of the – it'll it's just – yeah, they put themselves the, in another the, sticky wicket to get out of the one that they were in. Who did? Portland? The Trailblazers. Okay. Like they, they got stuff back, but they put themselves in another like weird, difficult situation. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. At the, but I feel like at the very worst, they can – they could come away with a player and – a pick, you know what I mean? And like at the end of the day, that's more than enough in my opinion. Like it, it's not, when, yeah, when no, you're entering only... a rebuild, it's not like that. It, like as long as you're getting a little bit of that stuff, that's what you want. And you know what yeah, I mean? Al Horford or Robert Williams, the third and Malcolm Brogdon hashtag not worth it. Money wise. Those are the only guys on the Celtics that would make it work. Mm-hmm. And you're saying not worth it for no. the Celtics? Or if, no. Okay. There's not a world where you like take, I'll call it a half step 
maybe a full step from what Derek White does to Drew Holiday for like only two years. Mm-hmm. Then like if Robert Williams stays healthy, he's your center of the future. Yeah. Or like of the con- continuous, not, it's not the future. He's not like, yeah, a, that but, might be wishful thinking. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not, it I guess I'm is. not his doctor, but. Um, well, I just know that uh, this is the first off season that he's been able to actually get in work and he's got a midi. <laughs> Everybody's showing his three point shots because those go in. But I, if you give me enough time in a gym and a camera, I can put together a three point, like a couple exactly. three pointers in a row. Yeah. Um, and Robert Williams the third is a significantly better basketball yeah. player than I will. Every ever. NBA player in an open gym can look like a good shooter. Yep. Dwight, even Dwight Howard. He did multiple times. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Shaq can. I don't know if I've ever seen Shaq just line it up in a gym. Yeah. Maybe. If he, yeah, maybe on a very good day. But uh, Okay, so getting back to the Dame thing, because we're, we're kind of – this will be a full episode on its own probably. We won't even – Yeah. Look, look, we won't give more Miami Heat talk because that's that's the other piece of this, but we'll touch on that in the next episode because if memory serves, the Southeast Division is what is the next division for us to break down. This was a bit of an emergency episode. Mm-hmm. Um, any piece of this that we didn't touch on, uh, I feel like we kind of hit most of the bases. Where Drew Holiday would be, uh, we saw the Suns, how they are, I think, a little up. You think, Lev, like a pretty, pretty even uh, yeah. with what they lost and gained. Uh, my they Portland just at, gave themselves more trades to have to make to get value, but they took a step in the right direction rather than just having Dame sit there. Yeah, and for get sure. Older. I yeah, I um, think it was a good. It was good. It was better than nothing. Better than not making a deal. I guess. Yeah. From Portland side, for sure. I guess the uh, only other thing we could probably look at is I think we could probably revisit the Bucks line. Um, see if that changed on FanDuel today, maybe. Wouldn't be surprised. But um, I believe I went – did I? Did we use our stayaways? I used a stayaway, I think. On the you Bucks? You might have as well. Yeah. You might have gone under. I think I probably did go under. What episode like would that Like with Chris been? Middleton, everyone's getting older. You don't know if he's back. And I feel like the line was like a mid-50s, wasn't it? Oh, and I 54 said, and a half. And I was like, uh, I remember the big reason is Budenholzer makes this team win way more games in the regular season yeah. than mm-hmm. they not should. They're a good basketball team, but. Yeah. So the Bucks, what we had, the line at was 53 and a half. We both used our stayaways actually for the Bucks. Um, I but, did not go under. I knew I was leaning under, but I probably just didn't feel good about the rest of them. Yeah, I think you. I think you changed your mind. I think because you used the stay away on somebody else at first, maybe. I think you used it on the Bulls, honestly, at first, and then you changed it. You can catch all this in episodes at fifty three because it was Artis Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Artist so Gilmore. check out the previous conversation. The Bucks becomes a little bit uh, irrelevant at this point, but the rest of it still stands true. Um, but what is the new line for the Milwaukee Bucks? Have you have they changed it, shifted it yet? Yes, they have. It is now at 55 and a half. Uh, I still stay away. You do? Or go over. If I, I just. Yeah, I, I feel, I don't feel like this, honestly, we need to even go back to it, to, to be honest. Just we'll, we'll change the line to 55 in the notes and we're both going to use a stay away. I think, Unless, I think I would still want to use a stay away because like. There's just a world where Dame doesn't figure out the pick and roll. He will. I don't know why I'm even throwing that out there. It's I'm just, just trying to be new like, coach, is there a... maybe some injuries. Um, yeah. I don't think this is a, a roster that's poised to go for an NBA record of wins in a regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll stick with my stay away. Yeah. I will as well. And yeah, so and that 55, that would still put him as the one seed in the East now, wouldn't it? 56 wins probably. Yeah. Because I can't remember what the Celtics line was. Oh, number one seed in terms of the line. The Celtics, I believe, was 53 and a half, maybe 54. So, yeah. 54 and a half. So they are, but 55 and a half definitively makes them the mm-hmm. one the one seed in the East. Yeah. The Celtics line is still 54 and a half. Which, yeah, that one should not have moved. I think that's, that's good because these teams will probably still split the season series. Mm-hmm. And they'll, play, well, they'll play each other three times, right? 
Probably. I always get confused. The NBA I, scheduling is so much more of a mystery to four, me than four in the division, NBA. three in conference, two NBA, two opposite conference. Um, so you just minimum. get a home and away with the rest of the NBA in conference. It just flip flops around. Yeah, some then, some in conference teams you'll play four times instead of three. Some individual in divisions you'll play five instead of four. Just like that, those ones the extra games are completely random. But okay. at minimum you play four. In division three in conference and two, everybody else, and then there's okay. a handful of other games that were sprinkled throughout. Well, like if you've got like a, I feel like there'd be like a, what's an example? Like Cavs Warriors could have played each other three times in the regular season oh, yeah, for sure, and they nobody would have complained. They probably they, did. They honestly. did, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that is Nuggets and Suns are probably going to play each other four times, even though they're we're not, not in the same division. So, yeah. Lakers will probably play the Nuggets four times, even though it doesn't make sense. I guess <laughs> yeah, we would already know, wouldn't we? Because schedules are released. We, I mean, we would. I just don't memorize. I don't know. every. I don't either. Um, I just know time, like days. Like t- like a game, I'm like, I'm going to be watching that game actively. Anyway. I, I honestly um, don't even keep track of that usually. I'm just, if like. I just know like the Marcus Smart one. When I'm on the day that it is, if I like, I'll look at my phone, like what games are on today kind of thing. And then also always check when the Celtics are in Denver so oh, I yeah. can go watch them. So go see them. We need to do that this year as well. Um, but yeah, last thing I guess we could probably touch on before we get out of here, just harp on really quick. It's something we glossed over. Um, the Suns being solidified as like the Nuggets rivals because honestly, that I feel like that's really happened now with this getting Yusuf Nurkic because that's like. That's like the first, I don't know, it, it feels like uh, one of the Nuggets bosses in a way that we've had to defeat, you know? It's like that was like the first chap. That's kind of like when Jokic became Jokic. Because, was winning that one. Yeah, because we had to have that have that fight amongst the Nuggets fandom of who we were going to keep between Nurkic and Jokic. Um, there was a lot of drama that ended that whole thing. Um, not really between them. They've stayed pretty close friends but like everybody else um and yeah so now and a lot of nuggets fans have just not loved also nurkic is just like if you follow him on twitter he's almost like a i don't know it's a, a modern day bill Lambier. yes uh, or what i was going to i've heard this this isn't original for me but i've heard this comparison before he's kind of like a, a trump in the twitter sphere like he, the way he tweets and he has a tweet for like everything. Like the, as soon as like the, the rumblings that, that uh, the Suns might be moving, making move for Nurkic started, which was a couple days ago. Now, as soon as that happened, somebody like brought up a, a tweet from Nurkic when the Bradley Beal trade happened of Nurkic, like making fun of it or like saying that the Bradley Beal trade isn't going to, like, he's not a believer in it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just funny. That's like that. I'm pretty sure that's not, at least at the time, like yesterday, that was not deleted. <laughs> this is so much better. Do you know what he tweeted when he found he got traded today? Oh, no. The Suns and Four guy. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like the picture of him, you mean? Super excited for my next chapter and then oh. Suns and Four. <laughs> and if I'm sure the internet will read into that image because it was over the Nuggets, the Suns and Four guy. Yeah, of um, course. And then it was a, a big thank you from the bottom of my heart. Wait, what do you mean to, read into? You don't think that was intentional? I just don't. Maybe it was. I don't know. I, I think, think I funny. think there's a little bit of like he knows he knows to that, the organization. Like, yeah. Overall, like mm-hmm. that, I think he has the Nuggets at least a little bit in mind when he's doing that, making that post <laughs> for sure. Because he, I mean, for those who don't know, he's had some like spouts back and forth with. Nuggets players and Nuggets fans, like since he's left, it's been a little, a little dramatic. But which I feel like if I'm him, I'd be like, okay, they chose the right guy. Like I know I'm like a good basketball player, but I'm not the guy they picked. Yeah, I you would think that's. I, I don't think he really has had that attitude publicly, at least. Maybe he, he. I'm sure he knows that deep down. But no, I think every NBA player knows, like, has a confidence that like doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But then they all like recognize Except for game. Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> Jokic, a quote from Jokic last year was that he, uh, every matchup he's in, he feels like he's the worst player. 
Like he he feels he looks he thinks he's the he's worst the, of the two. Yeah, like he's like goes up against, against Friends Wagner. I'm yeah. the worst of these. That's yep. delusion. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think that'll wrap up today. Uh, we won't dive into that uh, juicy, juicy Southeast Division. Very. It's going to have a whole lot of nothing now because <laughs> the only thing that was interesting about it at all. Yeah, it's now playing in Milwaukee. So. Definitively, the worst division in basketball for sure now. Because I don't even think they have a championship contender now. Uh, I don't think Miami can replicate that magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any coach can, it's Spolstra. And if any player can like turn into basketball Jesus, it's Jimmy Butler again. With, but again, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> Who knows how much higher he can take that? Um, yeah. So with that, the being human said, body can only take so much. That's true. <laughs> uh, and with that being said, everyone, please go help my brother, my brother boy, Logan out. And uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash hoop theory or buy him a coffee in the description using the buy me a coffee link. If you're not into the monthly uh, subscription, marathon training is going good. And I'd love to share the content with the world. But unless somebody uh, feels the need to support my boy, it won't. It'll just die. Uh, and with that being said, there's the end of my mooch session. But it is important. If you're listening on Spotify, give us five stars. It helps. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. TikTok, follow, like if it's in context. And with that being said, Logan, anything you would like to add to the end of the Louis Scola <laughs> episode? Uh, nothing other than stay happy, stay healthy, and we will talk to you guys next episode. Peace!